yeah, so first I'll be going up to Rome, where my whole family will be, and all the, my sisters will be, um, the whole many, thing. How many is, sisters you got, three? Yeah, they'll all, yeah. And so one sister was like, oh, Dave Matthews Band is going to be there in Atlanta, so let's uh, go, and then it just turned into, a, now it's like a big family gathering thing, and... I haven't so, seen all the kids and everything, so I want to so go. So the Dave Matthews thing was the starter, and then and then everyone else said, yeah, yeah, let's go do that. We'll go to Rome and... Yeah, but it's only the sisters that are going, so it's only the three of them are going to go watch Dave Matthews. And You're denying it pretty hard, so I'm guessing that you're actually probably really stoked with this Dave Matthews concert. I can't wait, dude. <laughs> Rocks, whatever. whatever. <coughs> There's a couple songs. You know, I don't mind if it's on. I really don't mind. I just It's like when I'm choosing the music, I don't think I would go to the Dave Matthews stuff. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you, some some music you listen to and you go... I guess you just fucking had to be there. <laughs> and you might be <laughs> really young for Dave Matthews. Yeah. I feel like that's how a lot of people are with the uh, with the Grateful Dead. Definitely. Definitely. Although there's tons of people that have like, you know, I mean, if you listen to any song a hundred times, you're going to like it because now it's <laughs> part of what you're doing. You know what I mean? So if you want to be a, a deadhead, you totally can just be a deadhead. I knew all kinds of 16-year-old girls when I was in high school that were like total... Deadhead hippie girls. Really? Yeah, it's like, there's no way. It was like a revival thing, you know? They started out in eighth and ninth grade listening to like House Painter, classic rock, Steve Miller, and fucking Led Zeppelin, and oh yeah, it's all great. And then all of a sudden, you know, like one of them just takes it too far. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she's like a total fucking deadhead, and then probably the rave thing, and yeah, whatever. It's just a slippery, slippery slope, man. Yeah, whereas the Dave Matthews thing, is, it's also like a, uh, you know, the festival aspect of the concert and all that shit was like a new thing. Where do you think it goes from Dave Matthews? Um, I, you know, honestly, I feel like when it, maybe like a long time ago, when he was kind of on the cusp of something... Maybe it would go to like the rave thing, or it would go to like um. It, maybe it doesn't go anywhere. I don't know. Maybe, but now, yeah. I feel like the fans now are older, so it's really just about like having those couple of days where you can get back into the '90s, forget about your kids and your asshole husband and whatever. <laughs> all shit. You can say asshole kids too. <laughs> you say, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, just everything that that sucks away from you. It's such a weird uh, push and pull. I think having kids because like they're the best thing in the world, but at the same time, the physical demand is so unforgiving and so unrelenting and just <laughs> they're they're relentless, dude. They never. It, it is, man. You know, you have like an automatic. The, I'll tell you something right now. The day you have a kid you will automatically, like, the back 5% of your mind that you used to just daydream about whatever <laughs> is just owned now. Just it's, just, it's owned now, no matter what. Of, like, something stupid happening to the kids, or you hear a news story, and you're like, holy shit, that could happen to my kids. No, that lady was fucking teasing that pit bull, and she was drunk, and she was on a main... <laughs> but you're like, that could happen to my kids. I gotta make no... Don't let the fucking kids do that. Don't let kids poke pit bull with stick. It's in the back of your mind all the time. I, I love this is a story I love to tell. I may have already told it to you before, but my kid, my first son, is ten right now. When he was born, we were in the hospital with him for a few days. He was born a little early, and we finally got out. And uh, like one of the very first things we did after, maybe like 
the night after we got out of the hospital, we went out with some friends of ours to the movies. We left the kid with uh, the mother-in-law, and we went to the movies. And we were like, whatever, we just want to go out for dinner and a movie with some friends and get out of the goddamn hospital we've been in for four days straight. Plus, you know, we just got through this wicked long ordeal with the whole baby and all that. Anyway, we went to go see this movie, Syriana. You ever, you ever see the movie Syriana? Uh-uh, what is Syriana? It was kind of a big, uh, big deal movie. It had George Clooney, Matt Damon, and I can't remember who the female lead was, but it was like a big budget movie. And the gist of it was Matt Damon was like a guy that worked for Big Oil. And he went over to Saudi Arabia and it was his job to kind of convince the sheiks to kind of go along with whatever the military industrial complex guys were suggesting. You know, and so it, it was not like a tearjerker movie at all. It was all about showcasing. George Clooney played like a, um, what do you call like a, uh, I don't want to say secret agent, but like, some type of operative, like he knew how to speak Farsi and he had connections and he knew how to like mingle with the people and move around and he had like five passports, you know, that, but he worked for the FBI maybe, some shit like that, mm -hmm. the NSA. And he was trying to uncover some shit. And Matt Damon just went over there to like, he was like, hey, they're going to pay me a shit ton of money to go live in the desert. And every once in a while someone calls me and says, this is what we're going to advise the Sheik Al such and such. You know, so it was that type of movie. But there's a part in the movie, spoiler alert, where Matt Damon's over there with his family, and um, they're at the Sheik's house, and it's super lavish, it, it, insanely lavish. There's like nine swimming pools, and they're all like double Olympic size, and there's all these different buildings. And at some point during the party, the power goes out for a second. You know, they're in the desert, and the power's only out for like a minute, but it's like a party at night, and the lights go out for a minute, and they come back on, and there's a kid floating in the pool. And it's Matt Damon's kid. He's like, I don't know, seven, eight, something drowned. Oh, shit. Yeah. But, I mean, you, so you're in the movie and you're like, oh, shit. All right, this is now going to, like, set him in a direct, da, da, da. You know, you, you're not going to be, like, super sad for the kid. They didn't even do a good job developing the fucking kid. Because <laughs> I've seen the movie since and it had no effect on me. But that day, four days after becoming a parent, dude, I'm sitting in the goddamn movie theater. As soon as it became apparent the kid drowned, fucking waterworks, dude. I never cried in a goddamn movie in my life. <laughs> I actually to the point where after I saw it, my uh, my wife looked over and she was like, "What? You all right? What's your deal?" And I'm like, "No, I'm fine." And then my buddy looked over and when he did that, I'm like, right, "I'm going to get some popcorn. I'll be back." You're a loser. Okay. Someone's <laughs> chopping some onions, man. Well, I mean, hey, man, it's almost you say that the the movie didn't do a good job of building up the character for you, but it's like you had your own character in that movie. You know, <clears throat> like you just had a kid. It's been like built up for nine months. You've got your own kid, and now you're kind of like watching this movie, and all of a sudden you realize. Hey man, the lights could go off somewhere, and that's all it's gonna take is one minute for some kid to find some water. And it's, uh, it's so true. It's so real for you, and it's like one of those doors. There's doors in life, ten, twenty doors. I like maybe there's a hundred. I don't know. You walk through them, dude, and you just cannot walk. You cannot unwalk through the door. Can't turn around and, back through that door, man. And having a kid is one of those, dude, where it just it just turns something on. Oh. So so I so I, where do you go from Dave Matthews? I don't really know. That would be a great question. I mean, you could everybody can go too far with it and become like that Dave Matthews dude, where like you might be like, oh hey, what are you into? Oh, you like Dave Matthews, right? Some people you have to ask. Then there's other people out there where you like, you see him at a bus station, you're like, you're obviously a Dave Matthews fan. You love Dave Matthews. You're wearing like you? one of those Mexican uh, poncho things that hasn't been washed in a year. Fucking hacky sacking. Yeah, hacky sacking. <laughs> you got, like you're, you got a couple of those dreads. Just a couple. Oh, just a couple. 
Hey man, I'm gonna turn off my air conditioning real quick, okay. just to keep this. Uh... That thing is actually pretty loud. You always have shut it off before, and I never noticed it. But when you were like, "Hold on, I'm gonna do my tea," and you left it on, I was like, "Shit." Yeah, you can hear it right now. Yeah. Yeah. One second. Let me go ahead and turn it off. Right. Yeah. So, Mr. Wait, don't say anything. My headphones aren't in. I can't hear you. Okay, what's up? So, check this shit out, right? Um, so, my sister... Uh, also, we've been recording, by the way. I just... Nice. Is this Dave, <laughs> the Dave Matthews sister when you say your sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're, all, they're all older than me. They're all the sisters that... But we'll, we'll reserve... We'll, oh, they're not all Dave Matthews. Fans one of them, yeah, like, they all like Dave Matthews. One of them is like, I see Dave Matthews every year. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> yeah. that one, okay, so she's always. So, are they all close to like 40, by the way, like early 40s? Only, only one of them just rolled over to, to 40, and the rest are in their 30s yet. Yeah. yeah, that's like, right? I mean, that's the, the Dave Matthews, like, pinnacle. It was a thing, you know? He was definitely a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, man, that big jam band kind of. Thing, um, is definitely, definitely that song Two Step. That's a great song, dude. It's like twenty minutes long. Dude, he's got oh, some great songs. You can't he can't get that away from the man. Yeah, you got to separate that from like your obvious like, you know, your your thought. They're not preconceived. No, I mean you know Dave Matthews people. You know what you're getting into when you're dealing with those people. But it, the music itself is is pretty good. I'm just one of those guys that it came out when I was in high school. I was like, yeah, I like it. I'm not like going to Red Rocks to go camp out for three days with a bunch of hippies, but I do like a lot of his tunes. I'll listen to it in my on my Walkman, but not in my car. Not in your car. <laughs> not, in your, not in your car where other people can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this that, that particular sister, she's the one closest to me in age. She's always been really into, um, like, kind of paranormal stuff like maybe going to see like a psychic or or watching she dude she she was a sister she would watch she caught unsolved mysteries like every fucking episode <laughs> that was a great show dude, dude dude that show just the the music like dude it was a great show it was just the music and then hearing that guy starting to talk robert stack i'm robert stack yeah dude as soon as he he starts talking it just gives me because i was so young and impressionable at the time and i just i couldn't i didn't like it i hated it <laughs> oh you didn't like it well i mean i'd still watch it like if i if it was there my curiosity would just quash any other <laughs> shit hold on <clears throat> it would just quash any kind of fear but then of course once it's over then I, you start thinking about it and then that's when you really build the fear but she was always watching it and um she's always been into like ghosts and stuff and so there's been a couple of times with her actually here in sarasota we've done uh evp do you know what that is evp no yeah sorry i'm getting over a little bit of a head cold is the p for projection um phenomena so it's called electronic voice phenomena right and uh the whole idea or concept is that if you have some sort of electric 
uh, electrically produced noise, something like a white noise or like static or, or, or something like that, the ghost can manipulate this sort of static noise. And I don't say, uh, yeah, this kind of static noise is this noise that's just going on and then use that to, to communicate. <laughs> Dang, dude. To communicate through, right? I think I saw a movie where like the guy died and he communicated through his through that with his daughter like it was like Woody Harrelson or like some so I, I heard of that just from a movie but I, I have not heard of it otherwise so you guys are into that or are you saying she's into that well I've done it we, <clears throat> I, I'm I'm the kind of person who will try just about anything like why not like of course I'd go out and do it just to see what happens I'm not I don't have I don't, I don't care that he's a dude I'll try it what the hell man yeah like absolutely I'd go try that I don't care if, you know and but she's like she really kind of believes in it, and I'm the I'm more of the the skeptic. Like I'll do it, and then I'll sit there and I'll be examining the situation. Like okay, where was this noise actually coming from? Because that we've done it a number of different times in in different places. We've been to a couple different cemeteries. We've done it in town. There's a cemetery up by Myrtle, really old cemetery, on Myrtle and 301. We've done it there, and then we've done it uh, in another one up in Pennsylvania. But one of our favorite ones that we do it in is is in Rome, Georgia, there's a, a big hill at the end of the main street. So if you're on main street and you look down at the end of it, you can, you pretty much just see a wall of hill and this hill is a cemetery and it's pretty big. Like it's, it's, it's big and it's old. I believe it absolutely has graves ranging from the civil war until now, but there's a chance it might even have graves that are older than the civil war all buried on this hill and you that starts on like one side and like grows to the other side so it's like really old cemetery oh so like little little thin piece of rock oh yeah a little thin old weathered rock that you really can't see and like when you go at night and you're in certain areas there's like cockroaches like running all over the ground and stuff it's really it's and it's on this hill and like there's big mausoleums like you'll walk through and like there's big like in then they go into like the hill and stuff it's just it's cool it's uh, eerie and creepy I dropped a lid. I need to pick that shit up. Hold on. Shh. I don't know, dude. It's like all I can think about. Drop this damn lid. What the fuck? Oh, well. Well, it's gone forever. God dang it. So, yeah. Um, she she messages me the other day, and she goes, Isaiah, I got this app. It's called Ghost Box or something. She's like, do you know what Ghost Box is? And I'm like, no. She says, it's like an AM, FM, like transition thing and I, I think it just kind of like statics around in the on like radio stations and then <clears throat> you're supposed to like talk to ghosts and when they answer they kind of use the 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 radio to like speak through right and she turns it on in her house and she's like uh this is what she texts me she's like is this app made for evp yeah it's like made to oh. do this stuff okay that's what it sounds like i just wanted to be sure <laughs> yeah and she's like, she first she sends me a link. It was like later at night. She sends me a link. She's like, here, watch that. First, okay, so she tells me this story. She's like, yeah, I downloaded the app, and then I I turned it on. And I asked, I was like, is there anyone here? And it said upstairs. And then I just turned it off. <laughs> well, it's like radio radio Ouija board radio yeah. Ouija. Yeah, and she's like, then I just turned it off. And then, uh, and I was like, dang. So she, and she sent me a link to some video. She's like, here, watch this. And I didn't watch it. <laughs> I said, I'm not watching that. I don't, don't want to do that. You don't want to be more freaked out? Why did you not watch it? What was that kept you from watching it? Um, it's like I know. what's. It's just going to be some real eerie kind of stuff. And the thing is, um, with a lot of that stuff, it's like 
99% of all of that stuff that you find like online and whatnot or videos of like look even even the ones like you're watching or you hear something crazy happening it's usually it's just something really really simple it's just like a Penn and Teller trick you know have you ever seen like Penn and Teller show like they'll do a crazy yes. elaborate magic trick and then you're just like your mind is racing and you're like what the fuck and then when they show how it's done they're like and we just stuck our finger through this hole and that's it and you're like are you kidding me like it's the simplest thing and most of the time that's what it is like 99% of them but there is like such a small fraction and that's what I look for like on the internet is like that stuff with and it's the same with any sort of mysterious sort of um, creature sighting like maybe it's like a Bigfoot thing or like a UFO thing a ghost thing it's like weeding through that 99% of just story and people not seeing things right and being like, oh, it was a car light. It was this kind of light. And then finding that 1% that you're like, fuck, that's, ooh. You know what I, I mean? I like have, I think the, the only people that really don't get freaked out with that shit are people that have like a really super confident um, idea of like their religion or their idea of the universe or whatever. It's like, there is nothing out of place. Like, everything is explained by whatever. You know, and I'm one of those people that, uh, although I'm pretty, I, I don't like the word atheist, but I, I really do believe that once we're fucking gone, dude, we're gone. <laughs> Maybe like the Big Bang and then there's the contraction, the Big Bang and the contractions happening. I don't know why or any of that shit. Maybe we're not supposed to know why. I don't know. But I am j just a little underconfident in my ability to assess and and, and understand stuff that I do totally get freaked out by shit like that sometimes. <laughs> so I just say fuck it more often than not. Like those movies, Paranormal Activity, totally lame movies. I know if I was had to sit through and watch it, I could. But I'm not going out of my way to freak myself out because I know like if I have caffeine late at night, sometimes I'll have a coffee at like 8 o'clock for whatever reason. Dude, I cannot sleep. Every noise is like, yep. That was a dude that just broke in, and now I hear him coming, and he's jiggling this knob. and He's jiggling the knob, man. Yeah, or something happens, and I'm like, holy shit, the light just totally changed. And it was a cloud passing over the moon, and, you know, this windows in the house at night. So you get, nope, that was definitely some type of fucking apparition. Probably going to get, like, ghost raped right now. It's going to happen <laughs> in three, two. You know, so that's why I avoid that shit, because of that 1% you're talking about. I'm totally with you on that. But I don't know if I could get into, like, EGP because I just sit there and I'm just too skeptical to like enjoy and get into that stuff. I just sit there and well, I think it would. I'm, I'm I want to. We're gonna do it when I go up there again. She's asking. So the reason she brought it up was she was like, "Do you asking me if I knew how to if I could find a way to like record while we're doing it?" And I was like, "Yeah, we'll record it. We're, we'll figure it out." But um, I would really like to uh, do it and then maybe even like follow up with it on the show. So. Nice. Yeah, and and I've uh, what's great is that Matt, so my you know the friend that's been on the show and um, did the hike the ATs and med school now and everything. Matt uh, is one of those people who will do that kind of stuff with me, right? Because he he's got one of the most analytical minds I've ever fucking met. Very not very skeptical, but just the way his mind works, he easily sees through the the mist and the haze of the illusion straight through to like what it actually is you know the guy so he goes because he wants to debunk the thing for you i don't even think that he wants to it's that he's he's got the same curiosity i do and he would love to be duped 
it's just you can't dupe the man. I mean, the guy just does physics and engineer. He just it does that shit, you know? It's just the way his mind works. He's like, ah, it's it was probably this. And you're just like, you're so right, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but <clears throat> I think his quest is very similar to mine in that he's really hoping that some bit of data comes across his his uh, path and he goes, I do not know what that is. <clears throat> so, for instance, we went, uh, we went to the same cemetery and we were doing EVP for about a couple hours. You know, we walked um, all through different graves. We would really stand in one spot, like at a, at a site, and we would read anything off the headstone if there was we would say their name we'd be like how did you die are you here are you happy all this and kind you, of shit and you have like a radio just like on static um well at this time we really only had our um i had this voice recorder it was like just some hd recorder and it was like a real small digital recorder and, and um basically like a thumb drive with a microphone on it right and I think, and, and that thing itself had like its own white noise. There was always some kind of like static going on because it was just so like the quality was really high. <coughs> uh, looking back, I should have had something with it that was generating a little bit of white noise, but um, to properly do it. But we're out there, and uh, we got some weird thing, and I think we kind of passed that off. I got something weird too here in Sarasota, and I can't remember what it was. I think my sister would remember better. But the thing that really sticks out in my mind is we were out and there was this noise and it almost sounded like a cicada, right? And it, but it was just ear piercing. Like I've never heard a noise quite like this or, or as loud as this. And it was probably closer to like 10, maybe between 10 and 12 at night. And we were standing there and it, whatever the noise was, it flew from about like 10 feet over our head down to like a couple feet over our head, like between us. And then, like, kind of went between us and then like, went way back up into the air and then just disappeared uh, after a bit. It just, like, went away. And the noise was so loud. It, like, it hurt. It hurt. to Our heads, like, vibrated our heads. And it sounded, like I said, the only thing I can really kind of relate it to was a cicada. And her, her, you've heard cicadas make different noise. Sometimes they make long. It was just, like, a long e kind of noise, you know? Okay. Now, this... <clears throat> the microphone that we had, uh, the recorder that we had, when we went and played it back, a plane would fly over, and it would be so obnoxiously loud that you could hardly hear the two of us talking to each other. Meanwhile, when we were t there talking, we hardly even noticed the, the plane, you know? Interesting. And so, but this noise on the recording, we were so excited to hear this noise, so we go back and we listen to it, you can hardly even hear it's like there's nothing there at all all of a sudden you just hear us going oh my god that hurt like what is that and just like screaming at each other going what is that noise holy shit that hurts just like yelling back and forth but the noise itself is like almost inaudible Very, <laughs> that's that's crazy yeah it was really crazy really interesting and then i, I mean it is electronic equipment though you know what i mean it does like it's not perfect it's going to be it's going to catch stuff, right? Not perfectly evenly. Sometimes it's going to, obviously, that's a good example. It's going to catch some stuff louder than it should have, and some stuff it's not going to amplify as much as it should have. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And that's what I, I imagine is it just didn't pick up whatever frequency that was, as well as like maybe a plane is kind of right in a frequency that it's sensitive to. Like, what, let, me, let me, in the 90s, before headphone technology and speaker technology 
got to where it is now, there was like something that was un... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not like a super technical guy, but there was something different about speakers in the past where they did not have their own frequency or they were like less protected. And I had a buddy that lived on this main drag in our hometown in Salem, and he was right on uh, the main drag. His bedroom was like, you looked out his window and you saw there was almost always traffic. Right. And, he, and he had these speakers, and before home audio, we're talking like late 90s, he had a, a computer speaker set up that had a woofer and two little speakers with it and it gave out good sound and we put like a movie on his room and we're sitting in there watching movies and every once in a while a tractor trailer would go by and like the guy would be talking on his cb or his radio sometimes even like a police car i, I think uh and you'd just be sitting in there watching the movie and all of a sudden you hear yes i'm talking about and you'd be like fucking freaked out it sounded <laughs> like it was just coming out of nowhere and it would sound like you know you were like sitting in front of a cb except you're not sitting in front of a cb so you're like you know, it, it was it was crazy. It would happen all the time at the fucking house. I used to, uh, my friends and I, there was this time, a couple weeks, you know, you have these little fascinations when you're kids. Well, there was a couple weeks, we were like just obsessed with walkie-talkies, right? Oh, yeah, dude. This, everyone has a period in their kid. Dude, the walkie-talkies. Go in the other room. Why can't we just talk to you? Go in the other room, dude. It'll be so much cooler. <laughs> so much cooler, exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, he had these walkie-talkies that were so simple. They were just like this black, really ugly, like, black boxes. They weren't those nice, like, little ones with, like, the rubber on it and the little rubber antenna, you know? They were just yeah. these black boxes, maybe, like, five inches long, three inches wide, and, like, a, maybe an inch deep, you know, just like a brick. And they had this long metal antenna that came out. I mean, like, two-foot antenna that came out, right? <laughs> It's like 80s walkie-talkies is what you're saying. Dude, these things were fun. the shit, though. They were they worked so well. And not only did they work really well, but they would just pick up all kinds of goofy shit, right? <laughs> and, um, yeah, we used to, uh, uh, with those, tr in, in trying to, to talk to each other, we found out that we could catch phone conversations happening around the block. Nice. Yeah, so that was always really fun. We. I remember we discovered that like somebody was asking for a taxi cab and then like a, a couple minutes later a taxi drove by and go pick him was like, Dave, that's like right down the street. We can find <laughs> 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 We know who that is. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. It was awesome. Um But yeah, man, um I haven't I don't have much experience in the realm of doing any kind of like ghost hunting or anything like that. My sister has like she's all, she's always watching the shows. She is, um, yeah, she's always watching the different shows and trying to like do a I don't know. I, I'm into it. I like trying to do it. I think it's really fun. She's dude. She'll take pictures everywhere. And then like, she'll go to like a cemetery and take pictures. And she's always like, Oh look, there's an orb. There's an orb. And I'm like, it's, Oh, oh she like develops photos and sees all this lighting. It's like, Oh yeah, that was definitely a ghost. Yeah. That's an orb. I thought Right, it's an orb. Uh, an orb. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's dust, man. It's just <laughs> dust. And the, the flash is like reflecting off the dust. I don't know. And then they, uh, it's just like weird artifacts and stuff. Do you have any, do you have any ghost stories? I don't. You know what? And I, I, I'm one of those people that has always been very, uh, you know what I think? If you experience death when you're young, like death of someone close, I feel like, in a very pragmatic way, as a human, you recognize that death is like a, 
the death is what it is, man. You're like a you're like an appliance. I mean, if you unplug your fridge and you know take it to the dump or or bury it six feet in the dirt, you don't imagine there's like a little refrigerator soul floating off into fucking space. You know what I mean? You unplug the fucking electricity, it becomes inanimate again, and it just fucking rusts or rots or whatever. And that's that. You know what I mean? I don't, is there like a a dog heaven? Is there like a so the whole ghost thing? I mean, obviously it's wrapped up in that, right? You feel like there's some other other thing going on and i just well never really been able to kind of wrap my head around that well i mean you see the electricity that powered the fridge i mean you see the electricity all over man you see it in the light right yeah i think that's what people kind of get it i think that's how people feel about the the ghost thing uh, yeah but then it gets a little bit too much like what's going on it's my son tommy i need to tell him something give me a fucking break you know what i mean it's electricity (laughs) i believe that it gets recycled as energy and like you know uh I, I, that I can understand, like some generic concept of like, maybe we haven't even kind of figured out what the real units are yet of mm-hmm. of time and energy and stuff. Maybe like 500 years or a thousand years, we'll know more. We'll know but more. So I, I can understand, I can I can buy into the concept of like the generic recycling and, and you know, energy is never conserved or, dest- or created or destroyed. It's just recycled. I get that. Yeah. But it's just the ghost thing is not that's not it, right? It's more about people it's it's about people reaching and really wanting to fucking live beyond. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. I think I I think you're right. It's the it's people really we have no absolute answer for what for what life after death is. So there is so much skepticism. There's so much what is it, what's what's out there, you don't know. And um there is this innate fear of of death i think naturally some people are more um at ease with it and other people aren't and I th- there's this want this yearn to live forever i mean uh in in a lot of people so there's something very appeasing appealing i think about having a, a life after death and maybe there's like this go these ghosts or whatever um i think as you get older too like I, i'm not there yet but i think i see seniors that get much more and it's a common thing, right? People start to reach out to religion when they're older, kind of like a fuck it, now or never. <laughs> or, or, or they're just, you know, they're not as active in life having to deal with just the the drudgery and the shit that takes up, consumes you. When you get older, you can sit back and think more and you'd be like, you know what? Maybe, you know, if all these people are believing it or... I, I don't know what the exact draw is, but you do see it's a pretty common, uh, you know, ch- change of... Like, I'm the I'm the last guy in the world that you would expect to do it. But I mean, what the fuck, man? In 25 years, when I get closer to the end, maybe I will say, let's fucking make peace with whatever the fuck the thing is. Who knows, man? I mean, why not? I think there's, um, part of me, I'm young. Part of me wants to be like, no, fuck that. To the last day, I want to be like, fuck you. This is bullshit. I want to go to a church and like piss in the church just to make my I'll, I'll clean it up afterwards because I'm not like up, a savage that's, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm not a homeless person I'm not, I'm not gross or... but I just I feel like I want like people say like what do you want when you die like uh, you want to be cremated you want to do it I go I want my fucking body to be loaded with like some type of fucking explosive and then throw it off something high and just blow it up halfway down and fucking entertain people for like 10 seconds that's all because I'm gone man It's I'm a fucking toaster that is no, that is done. That's, um, he's unplugged. Can't even be fixed. Yeah. Dude, that's like, uh, I think it's, 
yeah, Frank on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's like, just throw me in the trash. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I love, I'm dead, I love Frank. Just throw me in the trash. <laughs> I love it. I feel the same way, too. You know, when my body's done, the body's, who cares? Do whatever you want with the body. The, yeah. Um, now, of course, your soul is going to be, you know, hiking the uh, Big App Trail in the sky, right? And just, oh, you know. It's going to be doing, I don't know, man. It could be absolutely hiking back and forth. Just uh, Your soul is definitely going to have a ponytail. I can definitely tell you that right now. Big, long hiker. Ponytail. Ponytail thing, yeah. It's going to be a multi-use ponytail. It's going to be woven into a rope. And I'm gonna use it for all kinds. Of <laughs> yeah, very utilitarian ponytail. Dude, what yeah. can't you do with the ponytail? I don't know, man. Uh, get laid. <laughs> 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 Boom. So, you're saying you've never, you've never had a personal experience. Do you feel as if a personal experience with something you could not explain would maybe change you, or do you think you just kind of search for a way to explain it? You know, it's like a catch twenty two because I think. Uh, there are definitely people that I know that I know are not that type of person. They're very and they pragmatic, have... and they're like, but I'll fucking tell you, it was a dark and stormy night, and uh, and you hear that shit, and you're like... Do you have a story that you remember that you can tell? Um, oh, fuck. Like, I know... Um, it, was a st- it seemed like a simple story, but it was like a door slamming, and a bunch of people were all there, and no one touched the door... And there was some, um, there was like a door stop on this door. It was like my aunt, and there were like four or five witnesses. That's the thing. When there's multiple people there, and it used to it used to bother me a lot more when I was a kid, when I'd be like, holy shit, two people are saying it? But now you know that people just, they want to, if people want to kind of buy in and attach to whatever it was, then they can make the noise sound way louder than it was. feel like it was so loud. It's hurting their ears. Even when they record it, they play it back. They're like, oh, fuck. It was like a little squelch or something. You know, if you want to get into something, that's the beauty of human interaction is that like when you go to, a, if you listen to a live album on tape, it fucking blows. But if you're actually at that concert and it's coming at you and everyone's getting into it and jamming it into whatever it is that's getting, that's going on, you, you get sucked into it. I mean, if you want, if you give yourself to it, it's, it's so much better. And I think that, that that same thing goes when people get caught up with all this fucking this this type of uh, you know paranormal stuff. But I just it was a story that there was a, a bunch of people that all corroborated that this door slammed like really loud and then opened itself and like shut, but then opened itself back up. And I you know and I remember when I first heard it, I was like all right so what a fucking draft smack this door and like because of the temperature time of the year the way that the door was it seemed like it was shut but then it rolled over no 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 it was so much more and you know i don't know i remember being really skeptical and then i heard like four or five different accounts and from people that uh my uncle is just not the type of guy that would ever be like yeah yeah no it happened you know he's like a gruff old fucking dude he came in he was like oh yeah that fucking thing and just the way he was kind of getting into his part of the corroboration kind of freaked out just like reliving it that that kind of freaked me out but firsthand I, i've never seen anything like that i can't or maybe i blocked it out because it was so intense i don't know maybe i was kidnapped by aliens and probed and i just i blocked it out because i'm just good like that because <laughs> my life just gonna forget that <laughs> dude that's um 
So did like the door handle like did the, are they saying that the door handle like twisted and the thing opened back up or? It was yeah. So it was like a big wooden door. It was like the back door of this um, summer house that these people were at. It was the like, summer house have any importance to anybody in the family or no to I, the family itself or? No, it was like a um, a summer rental type of thing. It was like people, a lot of people from Mass go to uh, Maine for the summer. So like nobody lived there, but nobody was you know from that far off. It was like an hour away. And they're in this summer house and they're playing cards, and it was like one in the morning, and uh, everybody was to get you know there wasn't like people coming and going. There was like six people. Everybody was where they were going. No one was leaving. No one happened to be like in the other room or heading to the bathroom. All six of them were sitting there playing cards. It's three couples, and they all have a clear view of this fucking door, like it's just on the other end of this big kitchen they're in. And um, they're just sitting there fucking talking, da da da. And then all of a sudden the door just fucking bam. And there wasn't like a big draft or like what. It, the door slams and it's like shut. It's round knob. When those outside doors shut, they fucking shut. You can tell when a door slams and it's shut. Bam. And then I, for different accounts, what it sounds like they're saying is it slammed, it was shut. And then the knob kind of, you know, did that little piece of a tilt that it needed to to un you know, to open again. Right. And then just slowly open back up again. Like where I've heard them talk about it over the years. And it was like, there was definitely like something moving the door. It wasn't like, you could tell when, it, when the wind blows a door in, it's like a, well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose like a breeze could come in and kind of do like a quick concussion breeze could push the door in a way that it like starts quick and then slows down versus like, if I open a door, I'm exerting, even pressure the whole time so the way it opened you know what i mean if you sat and saw yeah. doors open 10 different ways you you could tell and they all all kind of made it sound like you know i mean definitely everyone was totally fucking freaked out that night you know yeah. and it, my uncle is not the type of guy that would make shit like that up or gets uh, but i mean could he get sucked into it it was like one in the morning they were at a, a strange place that you know i mean it was like a little vacation house but I don't know. I'm trying to, now that you've said that though, I'm really racking my brain trying to think because I have heard some fucking stories from people over the years that were less, that, that one affected me because of the people that told me that what, they had no reason to make it up. They clearly were freaked out about it and they clearly felt something happened. I think those are the stories that are important. It doesn't have to be something extravagant or big, but the vouch, unless it didn't, ha unless it happened to you firsthand. I think that's the next best thing. If next best thing is somebody that people uh, that you trust, <coughs> uh, them experiencing, especially somebody like your uncle, who it, you know he's not going to make it up, but you so you can believe that he absolutely absolutely believes what he saw. You know. Yeah. So that's the thing. I believe firmly that he definitely fucking thinks he saw something happen. Oh yeah. So that's. Yeah. I think that right there is where you find something. Too much, I believe, in a lot of these. Um, and when it comes to a lot of stories or it comes to investigating things, uh, paranormal or whatever things, people discredit the story or the human story because there's nothing tangible about it. Um, but when you have a cross section of so many stories, you can begin to look at different bits of information that, that crosses over and whatnot. And, and as long as you, you, <coughs> I think it was John E. Mack was a Harvard psychologist who dedicated the last number of his years, uh, number of years of his life to investigating the 
um, abductee phenomenon, like people who have been abducted in, uh, you know, by aliens and whatnot. And he went all over the world from Africa to fucking like Singapore, everywhere, just ever all these different cultures. And in FBI are there people in Africa that have been abducted by aliens? Yeah, it's a worldwide thing. No shit. Yeah, that yeah. is interesting right off the bat. Yeah, so he um, investigated and he asked all these people stories, all these people's people, these stories. And he goes, well, first of all, these people aren't crazy. There's nothing weird about any of these people. They're normal people. And the other thing is um, I can say pretty much without a doubt, just from my prep, my, my psychological, my psychiatry or psych, um, however you want to say it, his, his educational prowess can in this field, he can say pretty much without a doubt that these people believe what, what happened to them. They believe that something did happen to them. They're not making it up. And then what's interesting is the places where he would go, where the culture isn't necessarily, um, tainted by the American culture of these small gray aliens and the Roswell thing and all that kind of stuff, you know, where a lot of people will say, well, oh, it's just a pervasive culture, cultural phenomena where, people have similar dreams but then they just sort of tie it to this thing that they've seen because you know american culture is so pervasive and everywhere and um so when they have a particular dream it's gonna oh it was these little gray aliens and they took me and stuff but then he goes to like these aboriginal tribes and stuff and he talks to them and they're like yeah timmy gets abducted and timmy is like i what is america (laughs) you know so um, and yet they still have all of these same elements in their story. And so that's how you kind of, I think the, there invest- are, I think there are innate things in humans that, uh, you know who Noam Chomsky is? You ever heard that name? Uh, yeah, I've seen his name printed on the cover of books. He's, he's <laughs> mostly well known for his, his political rhetoric because <clears throat> he's pretty fucking cool about, um, explaining you know, like the big concepts of why capitalism is bad and what's going on in the world right now and how America and the big powers keep the little guys under their thumb and how we get kept under our thumb. You know, he's got a book, um, Manufacturing Consent, about how how the power that be keeps us under under their thumb. It, it's, it's great stuff. But he, the, the guy's a fucking mega genius. And he actually, before he did any of that, was a linguist at like... Cambridge maybe or Harvard I don't, I don't know exactly the details it's been a really long time since I was like a Noam Chomsky fanatic but he is really famous for a theory of his that has been you know adopted widely that there are innate vocal uh, tendencies cross-culturally a kid that's born in China a kid that's born in the Congo a kid that's born in Alaska like we all have like, you know, babies are going to cry, right? That makes sense. You just, you're, you're going to do your thing. But there's also like um, laughing sounds. There's also like, um, and it's not the same sound. Obviously it's not the same sound, but like it, it's probably over my fucking head. But the, the basic point that he makes is that there are innate aspects of language that are not taught. They're like just basic so therefore, they must be like biological um, aspects to language that like it, it's kind of like humans are made to talk, you know, and, and that means A, B, C, D. After you get to a certain level, yeah, that's like Americans talk more. These people talk less. 
these people do this, these people are more gruff, these people are more sing-songy or whatever, but there's like a basic bedrock of language that just is everywhere. It's it's a biological... Yeah, I see where you're going. So um, I believe this. I I, I, uh, I wasn't necessarily aware that that was a Noam Chomsky kind of ideal idea of... Um, of the human language, but I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. There's a, I've always said, and this is, this is what I use as an argument for the context of comedy and why if <clears throat> some people who have people who get upset with, um, comedy, uh, it's kind of, I feel it kind of falls in line with that. You know, just like you're saying, like, yeah, there's a certain type of la- like, uh, uh, laughter or crying and stuff like all these different things. Well, those are more overt, I guess, but the, uh, language or the the words actually being spoken so that which a linguist is actually studying studying which is pretty much just like the words i guess uh or maybe like how they're all put together and all that kind of stuff is almost like the bot like the 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 most unimportant of what's being of what's being conveyed when you're standing face to face and you're talking to somebody i feel like there's so much more and the words are kind of just like um the details of the communication, you know, whereas the tone and the situation did the everything else. Like there's so much more, um, there's so much more to it. Like for instance, today I just read, uh, an article and this article was taken from another article, but I know it's just like the gist of it. And, and, um, I read a bit of it, this guy, they did these studies in, uh, like they studied a whole shit ton of people watching various types of movies and he had these air vents and the air vents would like suck the air out and like test what was going on in the air uh, as they were watching a movie and when there was different what the fuck when there was different emotional cues in the movies that the what was in the the chemical makeup of the air physically changed so when you hear somebody go oh the sadness was in the air like there is there i guess they're finding out now like they're at the very kind of peak of finding out that there's a truth to that like the what you like your body um whatever that whether it's emitting some kind of sweat or like you're in your breath or whatever uh you can you're physically changing the chemical makeup the of the air with like uh you know depression or sadness or whatever or an extreme emotion and whether we're conscious of it or not like there i feel like there is something there's so much to communication that we cannot um there's so much to everything you know but i feel so so i guess tying that back into the whole alien thing is let's say there are these innate kind of pathways that we're all born with and and if you dream um and your your dream sort of acts on those certain pathways like you almost everyone has like almost the same kind of hallucination or um, if you take even like with mushrooms or something like that, even if there's nothing spiritual, nothing crazy happens and you take the mushrooms and everyone experiences riding on a panther, is that almost not just as amazing as if that was an actual hallucination or there was something else? Like, is that not amazing that that somehow there's the physical genes in our so like the phenotype of the genes in our in our brain causes everyone to produce the same imagery when they're tripping and it's like you riding on the back of a panther or getting abducted like i find that almost just as fascinating and mysterious as if it was just us getting abducted by aliens you know 
that every well because I feel like you know the more um, the more defined something is the more we're all going to be on the same page. Like if someone said, "Hey, let's pull out a pair of jeans from the Gap, put them on a desk, and have people describe them," it's going to be like fucking super similar. You know, they're blue jeans. They got little fucking metal rivets on them. They're People will come up with their own adjectives for the fibers and whatnot, and everyone will be like, yeah, that's all right. I, I wouldn't have used that word, but yeah, I totally agree. Whereas, like, when something happened that people are not sure about, like if um, if it just doesn't have a lot of definition, then we don't have a common ground to rely on, to, to tie back to. Like, if you and I are both sitting in your living room, all of a sudden something happened, out, there was a commotion out front. Maybe there was a – it sounded like a car accident. And we both ran outside and we're like, what the fuck was that? We don't have a common uh, reference to discuss it. So I'll be like, holy shit, it was wicked loud. You'd be like, no, there was like a light. You know, and if we were just like, it, it would be stupid if we were describing it to each other because we both went through it. So there's no need to describe it to each other. But like a third guy comes up and goes, what the fuck was that? You'd be coming up with, we don't have any frame of reference. So we would just both be talking out of our ass in, in our own direction Right. And maybe it's maybe at some point if people started saying like did anything really happen and we had to like get our story straight then maybe we'd be like no no uh, yeah I'm with Isaiah there was a light but I also feel like there was a noise yeah 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 there was also a noise in a light you know what I mean but in reality we both experienced something totally different just simultaneously and without the frames of reference that we have in our lives people constantly explaining to us things constantly being defined repetitive use of like the same things and the same uh, you know landscapes the same atmospheres convey the same thing I'm going to dress up when I go to a fancy event we all dress up you go to a fancy event you dress up it 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 work it plays out everyone's dressed up mm-hmm. you know what I mean whereas if we don't have so the the type of shit you're talking about doesn't have that frame of reference because it's not first of all the, by nature it's shit that doesn't happen a lot if ever and so everyone's got their own way of talking about it. However, this this thing that, that Chomsky's talking about, I think, ties into how people all around the world could kind of have the same alien stories without the alien stories actually being real. Right. And, and it's that what he's saying is his, I'm, now I, I had to Wikipedia because there's a couple of lines that I, I just do a really bad job explaining. But here's a line that I think really kind of explains what I'm talking about with his theory. It's called universal grammar. And it says, um, uh, Chomsky based his argument on observations about human language acquisition, noting that there is an enormous gap between the linguistic stimuli to which children are exposed and the rich linguistic knowledge they attain. Meaning, you know, you baby talk to your kids and then you give them some nouns, say it, airplane, airplane. But then like within a year, they they fucking mastered like tens of thousands of words and they can make their own conclusions. So he says, there's no fucking way that the parents and the environment teach the kid all this language. There's got to be some basic like Rosetta Stone shit in your head. It says, um, for example, although children are exposed to only a very small and scattered subset of the allowable syntactical variants within their first language, they somehow acquire the highly organized and systematic ability to understand and produce an infinite number of sentences, including ones that have never been uttered. To explain this, Chomsky reasoned that the prime, the primary linguistic data 
must be supplemented by an innate linguistic capacity. So if it's there for language, why wouldn't it be there for at least a few other things? Right. You know what I mean? In these brains that we all have, there's just some basic shit. Like you know how to breathe. You know how to shit. You know how to move your feet forward and backward unless you get some type of, you know, the, the basic person knows these things. And then the next level shit is if someone says a few words to you that unlocks the uh, – it's like the language lessons to let you know you're going to speak Chinese versus American versus Dutch versus mm-hmm. click. Yeah, I, um, I feel uh, that's that, – that general idea is, is what a lot of – people use to or uh, yeah a lot will use to explain um ndes or uh yeah near-death experiences so that there is a specific wiring in the brain that when you begin when it begins to shut off systematically the way the brain does or the, the way the body does when you're dying everybody will experience the same things because this is the innate uh wiring within the brain and so just like I was saying before, but like, I still think that those, those visions that are then seen of, oh, I was rising up towards the light and I saw these people and then I spoke to somebody and then they, I went back and this whole thing, like that whole thing, which again, just like the abduction phenomena is um, near death experiences run the gamut of cultures for every single culture, every single religion all over the world. They're all... People say the same handful the same of things. same exact story, yeah. the same exact shit. And whether there is some sort of afterlife that these people are, are tapping into and coming back to, or that there is this, this wiring in the brain that causes us all to see the same thing, I think the two of them are equally fucking fascinating and equally insane. Like, that's insane. So just through random chance of evolution, everybody, when their brain starts to shut down, has has this illusion has this magical like dream that's the same like that's fucking crazy to me and i and that's like the materialistic view of it like the very materialistic we are just automatonic uh biological robots and when the energy and heat begins to dissipate begins to to entropy begins to you know whatever we fucking die that's what we see that's insane that's insane just as insane to me as i think there actually being some kind of other fucking dimension or afterlife that we go to. I think it's, it is interesting. And if you, if you are the the type that is into the, um, you know, there's definitely an allure to the mystical unexplained shit, because again, you know, at some point we know we're going to die. It's gonna be limited 60 years. You probably have at least 20 left. I'm saying I probably have burning them quick and you're burning them. (laughs) Look what you're doing right now. What have you done with this evening? Nothing. You're just chatting chatting and shoveling peanut butter before this it's it's a mess (laughs) and so there's an allure to like ooh, once i get through this little shitty time then i get you know an infinite study hall where i can talk with all the people that have come before me and all these different fucking whatever whatever you believe so there's definitely an allure to it but i'm more like you're I, i the things that i am interested in are the same but slightly different reasons than the mystical like there was a um I used to drive for a car service when my kids were first born. And I did this one where the guy sent me to uh, pick up this little girl and her friends for a Make-A-Wish Foundation thing. And I had to take these little girls to this uh, 
to the mall. They did like this big scavenger hunt thing at the mall. And while they were gone, the Make-A-Wish Foundation went into her room and like did this big renovation project, like redid her room, did this little closet for her. It was a nice little thing. And they picked, they asked if she wanted to, to go to Disney World and she was like, nah, I've already been to Disney World again. Like the Make-A-Wish people keep doing the same sh- shit. And uh, so she she asked for this demo of her room, and so they just wanted to occupy her for a few hours. So when we came back, there was like an unveiling, and the father was like, oh, come on in. You can see it, da 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 And I was chatting with him, and I said, so can I ask him what happened? He's like, well, she had a brain tumor. She was like a little 8-year-old girl, or maybe 9. And she had a brain tumor, and they removed it, and then now it's like it, it started to come back. Like what, they removed it, and there was like a six-month period where it looked like things were good, and then they went back and... T- started to grow. So that's why the Make-A-Wish people were there because she didn't have much time left on this earth. But what fascinated, and that's obviously very sad, but what fascinated me from the story was she was eight and they took out the, um, she was a bright little girl. They took out this tumor and everything was recovered fine. Oh, what made me think of it was there was a little table that she ate her meals on. Like the parents had this big table. She wanted to have her own little table and the table had like a lacquer top with multiplication tables on it and then like plastic attached over that so you could sit there and eat and have like the multiplication tables and I was like that's an interesting little table and he said yeah let me tell you the story they pulled the tumor out of her and everything was fine and everything seemed fine and we started diagnosing little tiny things including one major thing where she had entirely although she was able to multiply at will prior to this happening when they removed the tumor, they also fucking hit something that totally made her forget multiplication 100%. Like she was, she went from whatever regular uh, 10 year old or nine year old multiplication skills to being frustrated and staring at this table that had fucking two times two on it. And, she, and they were like, it's so weird. She just, it, she just cannot get it. She can, she knows the capital of Italy. She remembers what happened two years ago. She knows my name. She still knows her favorite color is blue. But for the fucking life of her, she cannot do two times two. Fucking two times two, dude. Dude, two times two. That the human brain and what is going on in it is just the biggest mystery. It's 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 more... I, dude, I, I can't even begin to explain to you, like, the amount of fascination I have with just what the hell's going on in there. And then every time, like, there's there's no ending to it. Like, <clears throat> people or people, researchers and whatnot, trying to figure out how memory works or even what is memory. Where, how does your brain store images, sights, sounds, feelings, tastes, smells in chemicals in your brain that you can then later reaccess and experience. Like 20 years later, 20 years later when there's no way that any cell that was in your body when you saw the naked Cheryl Teagues, you <laughs> tell me how I can remember that from 20 years later when there's not a single cell. So what they tell me, there's not a single cell in my body. So it replicated. So my body is somehow picking and choosing certain things that it wants to hang on to. That that does blow my fucking mind, dude. I think we've talked about this before. And, and I'm totally with you. The brain is such a rich, uh, just source of, of such cool I don't, dude, I, I, it, conversations that can go on forever. You can go on forever. I mean, I don't even know where to begin 
um, talking about it. Like it's because all we are, it's all we are is our brain. It's all there's we are. Just, there's just meat that just carries the, the, the transportation device. It's it's what makes it's the thing that really gives us our edge. I mean, if you we we aren't built for anything, um, uh, like we're we're really shitty at just about everything. Like we're not necessarily good at like attacking or killing anything or doing anything but we have so much of our body's energy goes towards this uh this fucking hunk of neural tissue in our in our skull that overshadows as far as like a a, to our body mass the ratio of of brain to body is just above and beyond like most animals on the face of the planet it's fucking stupid how much we've got just sitting up there and a lot of what makes us us i mean i don't know um you know how like the the brain is is broken up into parts you have the reptilian brain which is the back most bottom part of the brain that's your um like your super sp- basic functions. super basic uh, uh uh things like your heartbeat and your nervous system and that's all like located in the back and then on top of that is the mammalian brain which is um some other sort of more basic functions, more instinctual kind of things. But then the human brain is like all that whole front part, which is like our perception of time. And like, I think even like you're, there's like a chunk of it in there where I don't even know. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And that they can like long-term memory. Do, do a lot of animals even have long-term memory? Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, uh, they, there's the memory. I have heard the elephants never forget. Never elephants. I don't never know forget. if that's an old wives tale or not. Maybe they don't fucking know what the hell happened yesterday. Man, elephants. I, I, w- Stupid animals. The amount of communication that we're now sort of understanding that animals have or the amount of, uh, um, intelligence animals have is just dude we're, we're learning but so, fish I can eat with impunity right they oh, don't know dude, shit I hate their faces I'm pretty Useless sure they can't even things. I don't even Somebody. think they can feel pain <laughs> so but this 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 brain um, and just as well as it can recall things that have actually happened to us are actually like our actual memories of things that have happened it can fabricate fake ones it can I can imagine myself tomorrow doing something with as much going on in my brain as if it happened yesterday and I did experience it, you know? Like, Well, you know what? I, it, yes, absolutely. What I was thinking was uh, it, it makes me think of your, like your brain. This is, the, this is the way that I kind of have been thinking about it for maybe, I don't know, most recently, so several years. Your brain is like a hard drive, right? And it constantly has to before the thing degenerates, it has to rewrite the information over again somewhere. So when you say people have this way of um, what, re- remembering it different than it actually happened, it's not like a exact memory. It's a whatever. It's been replicated. I guess what I'm saying is I think something good or bad that happened to you years ago that your memory is remembering your brain recognizes that this was this must be important if you're going to rewrite it, I don't know, eight, ten times over the course of 20 years, however many times it gets rewritten. So doesn't your brain on its own recognize that this must be good or bad? If it's a good memory, it must be really good because we've rewritten this 12 times now. So let's, you know what? Fuck it. Isaiah didn't just get a single. That was a fucking homer. And then his, the girlfriend was right at home playing waiting for him. Right. You know what I mean? If we're going to yeah. do this, let's fucking do this. I believe it's it's just 
strong emotion is what writes the hardest memory. So that's how people get PTSD. So it's almost not like a choice. The choice is just whether the emotion itself was really strong in one way. So yeah, the Homer would be a very strong emotion, something that I would then uh, remember. It was it was a single, by the way. A single. It wasn't a Homer, but now it's a Homer. Well, now it's a Homer. Yeah, because now you're <laughs> now you're 25. It was 10 years ago. That's right. That and, fish and I, was 20 feet long. They've also said that, and, and I, I again, I am not an expert in this at all, but. I, I love to think about this type of stuff. They say that a memory is not one in like one cell. Like in your hard drive, right, it's just going to be a, a, a string of data, but kind of like by itself, you know. Right. Although we know now they have, um, what do you call that, when they RAID, where there's two hard drives to, to more quickly access shit. RAID has an A and a B hard drive, and it saves half the shit in each one, and they can both be, it's kind of like taking a deck of cards, and shuffling them right twice as quick than pulling out each card and putting them in that order so they say your brain is like a super complex raid where if you remember your um you know that home run there's like five different parts of your brain that stored each you know 20 percent of that memory right maybe, maybe one's the smell one's the sight one whatever all these exactly. simple metaphors but so if something happens in one little part of your brain well, how the fuck do you remember eighty percent of that home run? You just you you can't. Yeah, it's it's. Oh my god, it's it's unbelievably fascinating. And then there are people. You know, what's even crazier. There are people that will have large chunks of their brain taken out in certain ways, and then the amount that they still remember. There are people. There are accounts of people that lose a vast majority of their brain like unbelievable amounts of their brain and then still function like at 80, like 90 something percent. Like, you know, there are certain things that they can't do, but like the, the amount of memory they have and it really throws a sort of monkey wrench in a lot of people's sort of ideas of like how, how is this memory being stored or how do we access these memories? And, and, um, there's something I, I, um, yeah, it's just really, really, really strange. So something that is that is a little interesting, just on a, on a small side note, I heard this on another podcast, and um, I heard it on the Mysterious Universe podcast. I love the podcast. They were yeah, talking the about, Australians. The Australians, yeah, they have a, they have a great Mysterious. podcast. Mysterious. Yeah, I can't do an Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fun. I like it. They were talking about how there's this, um, for people who have horrible memories, or memories that are causing them great PTSD, right? So in the present, they have like these, they can't sleep at night because of it that keeps them up. Um, you know, they still can't go to that particular store because that's where the incident happened, was in this particular store and different things like that, right? Um, so though, if you qualify for this, I believe they're still like doing this like research on it and stuff. There's one account in particular where this lady was in another country with her husband and um, they were on vacation and they were in their hotel room and they got um, somebody broke into their hotel room and held them up at gunpoint, right? And this, for years, like a decade after, this lady's fucking like still living with this shit. It's horrific, right? She hasn't even like recalled it, but she still lives with it. It's just horrible. Here's about this whole um, new thing that they're doing. Actually, it's, it's this research they've been doing for a while. So they, she qualified, they invited her in and they came in and she sat down with a psychologist or psychiatrist, I should say. And the psychiatrist starts 
right in asking her questions and and forcing her to relive this horrific experience that she really hasn't um done since the whole thing happened and she's really like making like forcing her to like get this image imagery so vivid in her mind and everything and and um really getting it in there and uh she's she's hysterical she's crying and it's horrible and this goes on for a while and then once this is going on for a while i mean like half hour to an hour of her like reliving this and bawling and stuff like that she comes up to her and she gives her a pill of i can't remember the name of it but it's like a it's like it's a pretty common it's been around maybe for a while um antidepressant kind of like pill it's just some like either serotonin or dopamine, some kind of inhibitor or whatever they do. I don't fucking claim to know this shit. Common pill. They give it to her. She takes it. She goes home. She sleeps. Um, she wakes up and... Kills everyone. Kills everybody, dude. And then they realize that they can create serial killers out of anybody. <laughs> so she... But she goes home. She goes to sleep. She wakes up. And all of the... PTSD, all of this shit is gone. It's gone. Um, she can think about the incident and it doesn't give her anything. There's nothing wrong with her. She's like, wow, that, there's nothing about it. She can then go and like do things. I, I think I can't remember what she couldn't do before, but she's like, I sleep. Everything was fine. She was perfect. She was healed. And this, the claims of, of this therapy are crazy. Like people who have irrational fears, fears of snakes. There was some guy who lives in Ireland. He had some crazy fear of snakes. He went and he did this. They forced him to think about snakes and all that stuff. They give him the pill. He sleeps, he wakes up and he goes and he's able to like handle snakes like at the zoo and play with them. And it was just like, it was, it's ridiculous, right? Cause they took this pill and it just I changed a couple of neural pathways. Well, or... yeah. So what it is, or what they realize is that when you relive an experience, so I experienced it, and then when you go back and you remember it again, as you when you remember it, uh, you're and it's learning. It's it's um, <clears throat> basically the research is in how the brain is remembering things. When you bring an experience back to to think about, you're actually your brain is is in that instance rewriting the memory, right? So uh, that kind of ties into why a story, a good story gets better as time goes on. That fish grows 10, 20, 30 inches in length it's because as you tell it, you get such a good feeling from telling it. And so the next time you go to retell it, the good feelings are what you're remembering from the last time you told it because that's the last time you actually experienced it, right? So in this when they're getting rid of this PTSD or they're getting rid of these these fears and whatnot and just get rid of fear they are forcing them to relive an experience or forcing them to have this shit in their face to an extreme point right so they're really like she's really fucking hysterical she's crying and then they sh they give them this pill like I said with some kind of antidepressant or something some kind of sedative actually so when they give you this this sedative you are because of the pill then more like your brain like certain chemicals in your brain are being blocked and you are more sedated and just like nonchalant about the whole thing so when the when the memories finished being rewritten um because you just relived it you know when you rem uh, um, remember an experience your brain is rewriting the memory so now you don't have that same sort of fear attached to the memory so next time you go to the store and you see some guy in a black jacket at at the store where you got robbed you don't 
immediately have a flashback of being robbed. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that that is definitely like you are an accumulation of all the little oddities that your brain has kind of, everything is like a little PTSD. Just some of them don't make you freak out. Some of them make you want to bang blonde girls or not like guys named Steve or like apples or whatever. You, too, you, know? you don't like Steve's either. I, there's very few Steve's that I, um, I you know, I just heard that uh, like, I have heard of stories. So the little girl who can't remember multiplication, that one just always fucking fascinated me because it's so specific. But um, I've also heard of like people that have fallen, nicest guy in the world his whole life, and then he falls off a ladder and fucking hurts his head. And then the next day he wakes up and he's just a fucking total asshole. I can't remember where I heard that story, but that is actually a real story. There's like a guy somewhere, and I'm sure this guy's plural, but I heard of one guy... And it was just like this big thing on like, this guy just became a fucking asshole. Not like a serial killer or suicidal or whatever. He just became a fucking asshole. And he was like the nicest guy in the world. Then he fell off a ladder. What the fuck? You know, or how about um, people can become severely depressed from a head injury. And you hear about CTE. I don't know what that stands for, but I know you dig the, uh, the, uh, what do you call the fucking things? Acronyms. Acronyms, thank you. The NDE <laughs> and the EPVs. Uh, CTE is an acronym, and they they just came out. I don't know if you heard this yet, but you know Dave Mira is? Yes. Yeah. They just came out and said he had CTE from fucking cracking his head all over the place on fucking BMX bike wipeouts. And that's what made him kill himself. Didn't he put a shotgun like right in his chest and blow himself away? I don't know. I know, I know. Yeah, I've... Um... He killed himself like a couple of few months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, CTE is what they're what they're saying. They did like an autopsy on his brain, and there's a lot of football players now that are going through the same thing. That are killing each other, not killing each other, killing themselves, and going through like this really hardcore. Uh, Junior Seau, the guy that played for the Chargers and the Patriots for like 15 years, fucking put a goddamn shotgun right to his chest and killed himself. There was a guy that used to play for the 85 Bears, same thing, shot himself, and he wrote this long letter about. I'm sorry, but I hope the NFL will take my brain and study it because I feel like he didn't quite understand it and CTE was not as in vogue as it is now. But he, he put he, his suicide note was not like, fuck this. He wrote out this long involved note saying, I hope the NFL can somehow, you know, use me as an example. Look at my brain, see what the fuck's happening. I've heard about that. Yeah, this, this, there's that. a bunch of them now. So uh, and, and where I heard about that, is very very interesting. I actually heard about that on a, pa- a podcast with a a guy who does it's like neural feedback um, therapy. No, was it the neural? No, no, no. It's this guy that does br- uh, head trauma stuff. Like it's it's basically all he does, right? And this guy is uh, highly educated, but also at the same time, there's a lot of people who d- for for whatever. The, the strange reasons that always surround um, things. Crackpot. He's not a crackpot. It's, it's just like when it, when it goes slightly against the grain, and when you hear it, it doesn't even sound like it's that far against the grain. I'll explain it to you, and it sounds very normal. It, you're like, of course, that makes perfect sense. But when it goes just slightly against whatever the research is currently, people are like, eh, fuck you. You know what I mean? But he's doing... Uh, all his research and all, all of his, his work is, is in 
is with people who have experienced head trauma and now have severe uh, severe depression um, who have turned into who have cha- it's just changed their personalities like they're extremely angry people um, there was a uh, Sam Kinison for example he used to be a very nice person he got hit by a car when he was a kid and everyone in his family like his brother will say the day that Sam got hit by a car he was changed forever he turned into um, just a, a fucking maniac you know he he was um, he would succumb to impulsive behaviors and and out and rage and all kinds how of how old shit. was he when he hit by the car pretty young i think well that's fucking awesome so like the world got sam kinnison because he got hit by a fucking car basically yeah he might have so, been a straight funny dude before that but the real sam kinnison that everybody knows is probably because he got hit by a car so that makes me think like in the future like you know in that ikea type of future where everything is like white and like you know, the glass doors that open and shut without having to be touched. There's no fingerprints. Mm-hmm. It's the super sterile future where they're like, we still need to have fucking comedy. You still need to have different guys. And so there's machines that like the babies come out and they shake them exactly the right way. They're like, this is gonna be a Sam Kinison. Shake it really violently, mm-hmm. just a little. Let it incubate for 20 years and then let him fucking loose. And he's, the dude's loose. gonna be wearing a fucking. Ow, ow, ow! That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it it is. It's 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 crazy that that and and then the football story was brought up about the whole thing and so this guy says he, uh, what he is explaining is how when these certain when these traumas happen to people, their hormonal imbalances in the brain go off kilter, and when these hormonal imbalances go off kilter, it changes their entire personality. And then when they go get therapy for these things, like these people who have who come back from war and they're so shell-shocked from whatever, anything that happens, they're just given antidepressants, which is curing symptoms of what they're experiencing. But the doctors and the, the therapists and stuff that they're going to see, they, instead of fixing the physical hardware that's causing the problem or even looking to see if that's the problem. I mean, for some people it might be just straight an emotional thing. I saw my friend get killed. It's some fucked up shit. But for some dudes there, there was this one guy they were talking about specifically where he went to war. He came back. He never really saw anything crazy. He was never injured. He never got hurt or anything. But uh, when they continued asking him like what he was doing, he, uh, his job was like whatever he did in the militia was he would, he would, he would walk right behind one of the tanks. And so every time this tank shot its fucking cannon, he was like getting like beat with this sonic wave. Right. And it rattled his brain around enough to where when he came home, shit was all off kilter. He had like severe depression thing. uh, um, The kind of thing like thinking about like suicide and different things like that. And so uh, he went to this guy, like this guy is the one who talked to him and figured that out. And then they, they did, they ran different tests to see like what kinds of things could have been out of balance. And then they, um, they fucking fixed it. They fucking fixed it. You know what I mean? That's awesome when they fix it. Yeah. They can, they can like work towards fixing it. And the guy was like, as soon as he got this, this hormone therapy and, and balanced his shit back out, everything was fucking groovy. And uh, it's crazy just to think that these little brain injuries or these little bumps and things in different ways can change personalities so drastically and make people. Well, because that's really all we are. That's what we were saying. You know, like anytime you stroke it, 
it's just your brain like instructing this piece of meat to in, <laughs> incite a friggin' chemical reaction and make it feel better because it's sick of carrying your ass around to pay the fucking bills or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you are just a piece of meat there to service the brain. So, and the brain is just a, co- a, a combination of chemicals and and what stimuli that it has been uh, exposed to over however long you've been alive. Yeah, that's it. It's just a million fuck. It's a spaghetti thrown at the fucking wall. A million times. That's what it looks like, dude. And we have the brain power to actually make changes. You know what I mean? You could you could show a rat every fucking movie Stephen King ever made and scare the shit out of it and make it laugh and cry. It's a fucking rat, dude. As soon as you let it go, it's going to run, take a shit, go eat a piece of cheese, and go find some more cheese. You know, it doesn't have the brain it's power. It's going to go find some rat pussy, dog. It's going to go find some rat. Yeah. <laughs> right? And we have the brains to... You know, to to be affected by this shit, and we can. That's why you get a million different things that can happen when you send ten people into the same situation. Some are gonna, you know, someone gets raped, they're gonna block it out. Some are gonna be totally fucking freaked out by it. Some are gonna be able to deal and move on. Some people are gonna be fucking into it, or what, I don't know, based on the whole gamut of brain chemistry. I'm saying, mm-hmm. and and it's only because we've got these these complex brains that are just. But it's still just a, a bunch of chemicals and electricity running through it, you know? You take a Petri dish, put a little bleach, a little ammonia, or I don't know, whatever the fuck's in our head, and then just run different fucking currents through it. And somehow, like, the little slides that we collect, it's like, you know, your brain is constantly queuing up these little slides, and it's just random, uh, random, what, what would you call it, like... Um, random products of electricity applied to chemicals. Yeah, somehow that randomness paints this fucking ridiculous story that we're all looking at. Um, So there is... uh, But it can be that simple. That's all I'm saying. Is your brain is like a a watery piece of meat that is filled (laughs) with chemicals that you get from food and the environment and it's just little electrical things happening that... You know, we're we're just one slice of millions of years of evolution. Who knows what we'll be doing in watery, <laughs> watery piece of meat, man. Water, watery piece. Of meat. <laughs> I love when, I really love having things boiled down. <laughs> so there's no. I'm just saying to anyone that's listening, it's religious. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. You're wrong. The whole thing is a construct of this watery piece of meat. Watery it's chemicals meat, and electricity fueled by your uh, amino acid intake. And whatnot. That's it, man. So have I ever brought up, I've ever brought up on here, and a couple more things, like two little things I think we might be able to to wrap it up. We we were supposed to have a guest on, and uh, he didn't message me back, which is fine because this this was a really uh, fulfilling, uh, I I would almost prefer to do this because. I'm having fun with it. I know you have a certain uh, movement here towards the interviews, and I really enjoy the interviews. We've had a couple good ones recently. Yeah, this is almost going back to the roots of us just talking, and I like that. I dig it. So I don't even give a shit. (laughs) This is why I do it anyway. This is why, because it's just fun. Fuck yeah, man. So So a couple little things. What were the couple little things? things. I'm curious. All right, so the first one, has I ever ever on here, have I ever brought up, um, I feel like I did, Rupert Sheldrake to you? Rupert Sheldrake. That is one of my favorite bands from the 80s. <laughs> you know them. You love them, everybody. She Blinded Me With Science. Wasn't that them? That was the first, uh, their number one hit single. Rupert Sheldrake is a 
Um, he is a. Yeah, we talked about him when we had um, Martin on. Morton, did we? Morton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, oh, nice dude, it. nice memory. Yeah, this is that's funny. So he uh, he believes, and I really. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 gonna leave him for a couple days, uh, like a week, and then when I come back, it'd be dope if we could do another podcast and we can follow up on just like this one. I think that'd be really cool. I could tell uh, talk to you about everything that happened with the ghost stuff, and then um, we could talk maybe more about this, like. So Rupert Sheldrake, he uh, believes, or yeah, his whole his whole thing is is that the universe is made up of um, just patterns of habit. So like the more times something happens, um, the more likely it is kind of to happen. And then it's almost like those patterns are sort of structured or crystallized in the universe itself. And then it makes it easier for things to kind of Ha- uh, 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 that kind of doesn't make much sense, but <laughs> the way I explained it, I'm thinking about it, like, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, and, and so part of that theory is that the memory itself isn't even located in the brain. The, um, memories are just out there and the brain is just a tool to access them at any kind of given time or access these bits of information that are floating around. But for instance, so where Noam Chomsky believes where uh, in those years where the stimuli that is given to these children is very small to communicate and to formulate these sentences. And so he believes it's something innate in the physical nature of the brain that, that is given that, that a kid is just born with. Um, Rupert Sheldrake would then argue, well, language is something that is spoken all day long by everybody all over the world. And so those patterns of behavior are just crystallized in uh, the universe itself. And this kid, so it's very easy to be accessed by this kid. And the kid is accessing this information and in a very short amount of time is then taught, then lear- uh, is able to, to learn. So the, what's the most difficult part about learning the language then just becomes the, the motor skills to move your mouth and the muscle memory to move your mouth in the way to speak the language if uh but the language itself isn't even like the 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 knowledge of the language itself isn't even located in the brain it just it's just a way of of accessing it yeah like that's the one thing that gets added you know like you've got the template is there and then once they teach you the alphabet whether whatever the language is the alphabet and the basic signpost words then you can do the rest with it because you've got you've got the template already. That's that's what he's saying. But it does leave a lot to the. You still have to take a leap to imagine that the brain, is preparing itself for language. You know, it's kind of, if you really think about that, that's that's kind of an amazing fucking. It's an amazing concept, and I'm sure this guy's thing where he's saying, like I'm, I'm reading right now about his dog owners, the dogs know, that. I've heard people that say this type of thing. So he's got this, there's this thing on his Wikipedia page for this Rupert Sheldrake that say that dogs that are waiting for their owners to come home wait longer at the door when the owner's actually on its way home than when they fuck with the person and don't send them home. Yeah. That was, that was the result of this, this, uh, it says that, um, during the main period of her absence before she started her return, journey the dog was at the window for an average of 24 seconds 
for a 10 minute period, whereas she was on her way home during the first 10 minutes of her homeward journey for more than five miles away. The dog was at the window for an average of five minutes, 30 seconds. I don't know how the, that, that seems like the type of testing that Rupert Sheldrake, you know, fans could totally fuck with that and be like, oh yeah, yeah, she's by the door. They know when she's coming. You know what I mean? Some, some experiments are hard to do. But what that's basically saying then is that the universe is helping the dog communicate telepathically with its owner through long stretches. Is that basically what that's saying? Yes. Yeah, there's like this. It's points of perception. Um, if you listen to him explain, so, so this is the phenomenon that he's measuring and his explanation is where is, or I be, what I believe his explanation is, is where your point, point of perception is. So he believes when you look up at the sky and you're observing, um, you're observing uh, Mars, right? Your consciousness at that point isn't located in your brain. It's located on what you're observing. Like my consciousness is then Mars because I'm observing it. And that's where my focus, that's where everything is. So my consciousness then, he believes uh, the consciousness is not located in the brain, but it's located outwardly on everything that you're observing. So like we're all one thing basically. We're all Dude, It's such a it's such a confusing great thing. He um but I mean it's what's even crazier is that he has this like theory that he came up with in like the 70s and he hasn't changed this shit an iota and still says the same shit and it's and still has an answer for everything and it's ridiculous. If you give a shit at all, if you care, if it's interesting, I mean, I don't know how long your commute to back and forth to work is or when you listen or what kind of podcast schedule you have. If you love me at all, Greg, if you, you care will at all. read about Rupert fucking Sheldrake. Hey, man, just pop him. Let him. He talks to Joe Rogan for three hours. I mean, Joe, I don't even think Joe says anything really during the oh, podcast. Oh, Rupert Sheldrake was on Joe Rogan. Dude, he Joe Rogan has everyone from... He How has, far back was this? Like, will I be able to get it? It was probably two years ago. Yeah, yeah. You can all of his stuff is backlogged. You can get everything. He, dude, he's had Neil deGrasse Tyson on. He has, he, dude, he has everybody on his show. Um, I'll listen to that. That sounds very interesting. Oh, dude, I, I could point you in the direction. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just so that one, if you just put him on, it's three hours, and he goes through. I mean, seven since the seventies or earlier. I mean, he 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 went to um. Cambridge, I believe he got his his degree, his in biology, his doctorate, I believe, in biology, in from from Cambridge. So the guy is highly educated; like he knows how to research and conduct uh, conduct research and experiments and stuff. And so he, the, um, and he still, I, for as far as I know, to this day, is still do, like conducts research and 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 has uh, host experiments and whatnot. And and not just the dog thing, but the guy has done so much fucking shit personally. He does it on like his own dollar, I think, because nobody's fucking funding him. They're not gonna fund him for that bullshit. And um, it's really it's really really interesting to listen to the guy talk and hear him talk. And he did a TED talk actually, where he has this other thing. It's like the the dogmas of science, and he goes through this whole list of all the dogmas of science of of what we believe to be true in science. And then he's, he picks apart like three or four of them in the TED Talk. And there's like a whole book he wrote on it. But it's interesting because he explains how science then becomes like a religion for most people. And there are where nothing in science should be left out of question. Like everything should be able to be questioned in science. No, there's no absolute, you know. 
one of the thing was that gravity is a constant and he's like everyone will agree that gravity is a constant and that's a dogma of of science and he goes through this whole story of how he began looking they they have a very particular way of measuring gravity and um he when he was researching he was looking through the the logs of of the measurements of gravity and there was certain times when everyone was getting a different measurement of of gravity but then everyone just kind of like didn't even think about it they just wrote it off as something else and he began talking to people and and he said he's like well why isn't it strange like why wouldn't it be strange if the you know the sun as the sun pulls the solar system through different aspects of the galaxy why would we not experience grab maybe gravity in in different ways at different points and something think, that acts the same as what we're feeling is pulling us towards the center of the earth right it's something else happening well i mean look at they they say that most matter is dark matter the, that the scientists don't know a fucking thing about it's yeah it's the, there's, there's nothing there yeah so we're still like cavemen making fire and and trying to fucking stay out of the rain basically and there's a lot to learn about the brain about fucking you know physical like quantum physics i i feel like quantum physics hopefully in our lifetime is going to make a couple of those leaps and we're going to really start to understand um you know ourselves that much better when we get down to quarks and whatever the fuck else is in quarks you know because there's definitely yeah i mean it it is interesting i remember watching this movie that i think has since been kind of debunked as like bullshit or whatever but it was called what the bleat do we know mm-hmm. yeah and it and it, had, it it showed some cool stuff it said like it basically tried to say like particles uh acted differently whether if, if they were being observed and I, I never really understood what the fuck the point they were making with that, so, or how they were trying to prove that in the thing. But it was an interesting concept that that particles have some level of, um, you know, have some level of not awareness. I guess might be too strong of a word, but like, I don't know, just that they act differently. Yeah. So I guess that they, with quantum as photons, uh, they wanted to know if they were waves or or particles. And they did what they did was there was like a double slit experiment and they would shoot them at this slit and then in um, like some foil and depending on the pattern on the other side of the foil, they would know if it was if the spread of the pattern on the other side would either be that of something that was acting that way because it was a particle or if it had a different pattern, then you could assume that it was a wave. And they realized they noticed that when it went through one side it was like a particle but when it came out it was a wave and it was being observed and it wasn't like our eyes were observing it it was just being observed by like the instruments it's just like it's all or like maybe how would the light know how to act going to a certain part if it's right well so the idea is not that the 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 light itself has consciousness but when it's observed by by something or by um by anything it is collapsed. So it is a wave until it's collapsed into a particle because it's observed at a point in time. So that's that's kind of the uh, the idea, I believe. And the Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to say, but I remember just thinking that's not really talking about like the nature of light. That's just talking about our our ability to um, right to perceive it or to to absorb uh, it or whatever. Well, then it, it then it gets into like it's so 
when it's broken down for you, and I've had a Matt. Matt will loves breaking it down for you because he makes it. Everyone takes these ideas, which is great because that's how kind of like a, a, uh, anything has been in the past. So you have electricity, and but then people start ex- talking about what electricity could be used for, and it gets very grandiose and very big idea, and spitballing goes crazy. And that's kind of what quantum anything is at this point is we have so little understanding of something that's very simple almost in its in its concept and can be explained very simply and when it's done when it's explained to you by someone who really understands physics then you're like oh that's all it is but then you can take those ideas and you can really blow them out into something like yes well if it is true and then this could also be true and because this is true we can have quantum entanglement and you can communicate with these quantum entangled atoms across vast distances greater than uh like the faster than the speed of light and it's just like all this crazy shit that can come from oh you can control and manipulate your manipulate your reality and um these all may be things that are completely 100% true but we are so far off from understanding what truly is going on to really know if those things are true. They're, at this point, they're just all plausibilities. and um, Yeah. But we do know that some things... Dude, we don't, we don't know dick. <laughs> well, like, you know, it's like sometimes the, the stuff is built on stuff that's so that's been so repeated. Like, whether we know what gravity actually is is not always relevant. If we know what, what it does, like, we, whatever, we all call it gravity, so we have, like, a centrally... Uh, agreed upon thing I drop an apple it's going to fall according to the laws and that always is the same mm-hmm. so then we can do experiments on top of that and you can go further and further we can create fucking laser guns and fucking jet planes and whatnot. with quantum physics none of the stuff is really that old I mean everything is you know the, the major theories are all, are all fairly new and fairly untested so it's hard to make much progress it's just slow going and it's, you know, I mean, Einstein was alive a hundred fucking years ago. Yeah. You know, Max Planck, like these guys that are like the big quantum theorists are, you know, it, it all came about very recently. So it'll be probably another, I don't know, but I mean, maybe sometimes I like to think because of a, what's that law about um, every seven years hard Moore's drives? Law. Moore's law. You like to think Moore's law is so important nowadays because... It used to be Max Planck was sitting in a field and he'd be talking with his buddy Albert Einstein. Just because they happened to go to high school together, these two minds could meet. But now, with the internet and the world being so small and technology and so much communication, you'd like to think every Moore is going to meet every Einstein in our world for the most part and they're going to get their shit worked out. And instead of taking 100 years to go from A to B, we can go to A to B in fucking 20 minutes and be on Z by fucking eight years. Dude. So, like, by the time we die, maybe we'll know some of this fucking shit. We don't have to wait thousands of fucking years. I think, and I think that's it's going to come even quicker than we can imagine. Then even quicker than I haven't been on the died. internet since we started. Maybe they've already figured that shit out. They could have honestly. I mean, they did just you know in the past couple of months discover that gravity is a wave, you know, and that's something that Albert Einstein did predict. And um, which is interesting because this whole that whole talk I I listened to with Rupert Sheldrake a long time ago, he so that would fit in you know if gravity is a wave so it's not a constant and when 
some and Neil deGrasse Tyson he explains it is if like you could measure it if there was a big incident like something got sucked like a big planet got sucked into a a black hole it would cause like a ripple in the pond like some big thing would happen and then that would um, emit gravitational waves and they were able to measure them for the first time so it's I don't think yeah gravity isn't necessarily a constant I think there's so much going on uh, we are, dude, we're moving so rapidly, like all the different stuff. Every, it seems like every week I'm hearing something new on a podcast here and there about how AI is just moving so rapidly. And so like they, there was this big, there's this lawsuit in, in um, some country somewhere in Europe or something like that with Google and the search, the searches that were coming up um, when people would search certain things with the Google uh, Google search. And uh, so they tried to have, they you know, they went and tried to file a lawsuit with Google. But the thing was, um, Google's like, well, here's the thing. Um, even our top um, engineers and whatnot aren't 100% positive how the algorithm is processing the information at this point and why it's pulling this shit up. Like, there, there, was, um, there are people now, there are these uh, people who, who will tell you that coders like the the age of coding the the these people that are are generally re- revered as like gods in in the computer world because they can get in there and they can change the codes and they can teach the computers new things now that's not and again dude I'm almost repeating verbatim some of the stuff I've heard on other podcasts but I know these podcasts are pulling these stories from places and they're just reading these stories so I haven't this information is out there. I know it's written down uh, in an article article somewhere and said on a podcast, so you're going to just hear it here. But the age of the, the coder is over, and now it's when, when it comes, it's you have these people who build an algorithm, and a lot of times when they even when they build an algorithm, they're taking someone else's. And, and that's how the beauty of the Internet, that's the beauty of the Internet, is like somebody built an algorithm and then you take it and then you add a couple of lines onto it and then or you change it and you tweak it how you have to and they're so complex and they're so advanced now that they just they program them into a computer and then they just blast the computer with so much data and there's so like big data is is incredible like there's so much data like logged into Facebook there's so much data logged into Google and all these different things that we we just our whole world is basically digital at this point and in the digital world we toss an algorithm in there it processes it all at at incredible fucking speeds and then you have uh, like it's like you trained you trained this fucking thing and now it's it's fucking crazy and now the people that work at google are like we don't know what's going on man (laughs) we can't sue us (laughs) you can't sue us this guy doesn't he built it he doesn't know why it's pulling that shit up you know so it's just uh, it's fucking bananas man so I do think we'll move like really quickly towards shit that we it's it's it is moving quickly I think we all agree that it's moving quickly but who can say like how how, you know what I mean maybe it's still going to be a million fucking years you don't know how fast it has to go how far we have to go to under really understand I mean, I guess it'll be exciting because, uh, like the uh, the AI thing. What's the thing that's going on right now? You can go buy these things for six hundred bucks. What's that called? Uh, is it the Amazon um, Oculus? Oh, the Oculus Rift. Yeah, the the um, it's like a, a virtual reality kind of mask, like, but it's all um, immersive. It's an immersive. 
Yeah, like you gotta like set up shit all around the room. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you... I mean the, when you put it on, it's 360 degrees. So like, no matter. But only because you've set up like fucking surround sound shit in the room, that's like bouncing off the goggles, right? right? Uh, so if you put the goggles on. You can't put the goggles on and go out into a park and be like, "Holy shit!" I think you have to like set up stuff. There's like pieces that go that all are working together. Oh well, you don't. It's okay. So it's it's not augmented reality. So augmented reality would be um, Google Glass. Like you still see through the glass and you see your reality, and it projects things onto your reality. This is they're just goggles that are a TV screen in front of your face. And that's all you see. Yeah, you but can, I don't think it's just on. the. I don't think it's just the goggles. That oh well, work. you can always add more to it, but you can buy it for your house and then just buy like nice fancy headphones, and you just look like an idiot sitting on your couch looking around. And there are videos of people like they'll put like a, a a GoPro up in the corner of their room so they can watch themselves play, and they'll play a game. And I've seen it like you see up on the top screen of uh, what the guy is seeing, and there was this guy crawling around on his floor, and he sees a hole, and he tried to like dive into the hole and he just like hits his head he just like dives head first into the floor it's fucking ridiculous so fuck? it's fucking ridiculous but and that's because he set up a gopro to watch it to he just wanted, yeah he just wanted to watch himself and and um you know he was so immersed in it that he thought he was diving through a hole but um that's cool yeah man i thought i had one little point to make but yeah that's uh Damn, dude. That's some crazy shit. I found the Rupert Sheldrake uh, that you were talking about, by the way. It's Joe Rogan, number 550, September 16, 2014. Do you want to know what number he is on now? Like 800. Yeah, it's like 802 or 3. Yeah. Isn't that just fucking ridiculous? He, what is he? Is he weekly? Dude, it, there's no schedule. Sometimes there won't be one for like a week. And then um, sometimes there's two in a day. Okay, so he just kind of... Likes to smoke a lot of weed, but has recording equipment in his house. He's got a studio, apparently. Like, he has to travel to his, his studio. Nice. He invites people out. They come out. He does it. Yeah, I, I mean, I looked at the guest list. I know a bunch of guys that listen to Joe Rogan. I never got into it originally, but I'm not, like, against it. I'm totally not against it. I just, just don't tell anybody. Well, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much shit to... Uh, no, I'm not like you with the uh, Dave Matthews stuff. I don't mind who knows. <laughs> <laughs> how how you don't ever listen to it by I yourself. never so but yeah um yeah there's so yeah you're right there's so much and that's how i felt about it too and so what i did was i just would go through all the names and see if i saw somebody who was really interesting i'd be like oh i'm gonna listen to that one or i would read it and read the description i was really cherry picking the different things i wanted and then it just got to the point where i'd pretty much i was i would begin expanding out of my comfort zone with certain things and listen to like other guests that he had. But, um, they're really like, that one is pretty good. It's a pretty good one to listen. I to do that. see a lot of comics on, on his, um, on his show. And that, that would be fun for me. I do like a lot of these comics cause you don't get anything but stand up from a lot of these standups. Cause there's just not a lot of, um, you know, there's not a lot of different venues for a comic to not be fucking telling his 12 minutes. Yeah, it's something. So I do like the podcast medium of comics for that point, which is why I love WTF because, man, he does like the, the origin story fucking interview with like all these different people, and he's he's a, in the seven hundreds, he's on seven oh nine. Dang, he Joe does Rogan. two a week. 
He does two a week, though, and he's pretty um, – he's Tuesday – he's Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday. Bam, bam. Dang. But anyway, I'm not trying to pit Rogan and, and WTF in a fight. We know WTF is, is the one. Joe Rogan is a secondary, although obviously prolific podcast that's out there. And uh, I will listen to this Rupert Sheldrake one. That sounds like it'll be interesting. I like to listen to Crackpots. I'm really excited for you to listen to it. Fucking really... Crackpot fuck. That's I'm what I'm saying listen. right now. I haven't listened to him yet. This okay. Crackpot fuck. This crack fuck. <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah, listen to that. And then, then, and then I want to hear what you got to say about it. That'll be fun. And, nice. I, and then I'll, I can come back. Dude, we're at like an hour 50 right now. This is dope. And then I'll come back and I'll give you a uh, a rundown on uh, what happened in the cemetery. And hopefully, dude, if I have any audio of of uh, of something that happened, I can play it for you, and then I can add it to the podcast so people can hear it. So I'm really hoping something interesting does happen that we can try to break down. That'd be so much fucking fun. <laughs> that would be cool if you came back with something. That would be dope. So. Uh, yeah, dude. I think this is this is fucking awesome. This was great. This is like a two-hour fucking podcast we did here, and just the two of us. We talked about some interesting shit. I think anyone would be totally on with the extemporaneous Isaiah Cooper hour, two hours. Fuck yeah, dog. Bam. This is what it's about, right? EPV. Here. Talk about NDE. Maybe a little uh, BT, CTE. LQ LQRs. LQRs. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. For listening to this episode of the podcast uh until next time thank, thank you greg adios adios Thank you.